employability is to the most extent about being able to maintain your value in a labor market that is ever-changing. And we are looking into a change in paradigm, and now we are moving over to being more agile-focused because things are changing so rapidly. Hello, and welcome to the Pathway to Impact podcast series. My name is Todd Davey, Associate Partner at UIN, and I'm your host for today. For this week's episode, we have invited Søren Land, Head of Incubation and Enterprising at Southern Denmark University, to discuss the university's entrepreneurship program and its unique approach and focus on employability. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Welcome. We will be talking today about driving student employability through entrepreneurship. CERN is the Head of Incubation and Enterprising at the University of Southern Denmark. Prior to this position, he was the Chief Commercial Officer at Lorenz Technology. And he's also had a long history in industry in terms of marketing and sales and leadership positions. And then there's one position in particular that I'm extremely jealous of. He was the Communication Manager at Lego. That has been my lifetime ambition to work at Lego. Cern Land, welcome. Thank you so much for your time today. I wanted to kick it off and just ask you to describe the development of the entrepreneurship program at Southern Denmark University and just to talk about the journey that you've been on in creating that program, where you are now and what are the next steps. First of all, thank you for having me. It's really an honor and I'm happy to be able to represent University of Southern Denmark let me start with saying that you're right, Todd, I am heading up one team at the University of Southern Denmark called Team Incubation and Enterprising. But I'd like just to frame how this team is organized within the entire organization. Now, SDU or University of Southern Denmark comprises of approximately above 21,000 students. And a special thing with the University of Southern Denmark is that we are a regional university, meaning that we are present in six different Danish cities across the country. And we have specific campuses in five different cities in this southern region of Denmark, with main campus placed in Odense, to some familiar because it's the hometown or birth town of the famous fairy tale writer Hans Christian Andersen. That's where I am right now at the office. So SDU as university, they formed back in around 2017, a kind of four post unit called SDU Rio. Now Rio is for research and innovation organization. And this organization is where I am. Now we consist of several different teams, but we're all agile teams working within, for instance, research support. It goes without saying what the guys are doing. And we also have legal services, providing legal service for the entire university, except HR-related issues. We have commercialization, which take care of spin-outs from researchers. We have careers and employability, where you'll find what you would call the standard and the, the basic career counseling towards students. And we have team incubation and enterprising, where I'm heading up the team. Basically, two teams, enterprising on one hand, incubation on the other. Now, Enterprising take care of bringing in the outside world into the educations at the university and incubation, heading up and driving, running the incubator, which at this university is named SDU Startup Station. So that isn't the framing. That's where we are. That's how we're organized. And within the team incubation, I have the privilege of heading up a team of approximately 10, 11 people who have most of them the title business developer 
or what you could also name in-house entrepreneurs as well. So they are supporting the student startups and this is what we are focused at. I would be really interested in hearing about the vision that the program actually has. What is it trying to achieve? And then how do you go about executing on that vision? You could say the main objective is to enhance the employability of students across all faculties. Now, that's a real difference for other programs. It is. Because usually the first words that you hear out of someone in responsible for startup and incubation that we have to create startups and incubation. So Yeah, we do. But the interesting thing is I mentioned two teams here. I mentioned the careers and employability who are, who are working towards the students. We also have team incubation and enterprising. And these two teams have the common objectives of enhancing student employability. As most people know, if students go out into unemployment, the educations normally won't last very long because there'll be a political focus saying, are they really relevant if no one cares to hire them after they graduated? But we have this focus. We are funded by the faculties of the university. So we are funded by the five faculties. As long as we create value for the faculties, we're in business. We try to return to the objective with enhancing student employability. Now, what is employability? That is interesting because to many people, employability is about grabbing and getting the first job. But this is only a small part of what we see as the employability definition because employability is, to the most extent, about being able to maintain your value in a job, in a labor market that is ever-changing. And we are, as we speak right now, looking into a change in paradigm, going from one scenario where the old paradigm had the expertise and focus, and now we are moving over to being more agile focused because things are changing so rapidly. And we're talking about AI as a change in paradigm. Now, when we look at future generations, or maybe the candidates who came out in 2022, some experts have the prognosis that they will change their job 17 times during their career and between different business verticals. And they might experience huge changes like what we see in AI between two and five times during their entire career. So development goes exponential, you could say, and that will place a demand for agility and agile behavior from future generation candidates. And that is why we work with this thought. And, and that is why we are also so focused when we look at incubation. That is about creating what we call and, and specify as the entrepreneurial mindset. And this is interesting because this means that we will create value for students who touch upon incubation or tries out what it is to work with startups to create your own company. But the interesting part is that we will be able to create, hopefully, the entrepreneurial mindset with students who succeed and develop their sustainable business, but also create it with those students who do not succeed but still have to come out as winners. For me, it's fascinating because I study different uh, entrepreneurship programs at different universities. And some of the language that you're talking about is, is barely audible <laughs> at the <laughs> yeah. re respective institutions. So not training them for their first job, but creating a lifetime of employment, whether it's employing themselves or, or being employed. And the vehicle is getting in touch with an entrepreneurial process and going through, let's say it could be idea development or it could be actually creating an early stage startup or actually launching a company. Have I understood that correctly? I think you're on, you're on the right track. Try to follow me here because this will get maybe a bit theoretical. But my dream is that let's say we have 22,000 students at the University of Southern Denmark. Now, the dream is that all of these 22,000 are accepted into the SDU startup station, into the hub. Now, the way we do the hub is you have three basic steps. 
And then before the steps, you have a high focus on pipeline. Like in any other business, if you do not focus on your pipeline, you might just dry out. In the other end, we have focus on the exit. How do these startups leave SDU Startup Station in the best possible way to prepare them for the future? But within the startup station, within the incubator, the first part of it, which is basically the opener, where you have your intro program. Then you have what we call the explore part and in the end, the accelerate. But at the intro is basically a series of workshops that forms the early stage entrepreneurial mindset with the students. And that is why my dream is, and I know it's a dream, it might be very hard <laughs> to turn into reality, that all students came in and had this three to four workshop program, which centers around lean startup, budgeting, pitch training, these things will give you tools to improve your entrepreneurial mindset because we have faith in that this could be an important part of your employability in the future because already here you start preparing yourself and, and getting used to this kind of agile way of thinking that things are ever moving and you need to move and you need to be prepared to develop it right there because when it starts running not smoothly, you might be too late. That was a question from Jackie Smith. She mentioned that the Ulster University is a regional university across three cities, and they're trying to develop programs and deliver them in this context. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about how do you create a coordinated program across six different campuses? First of all, it's, it's very important that you have the format. Now, I'm able to describe how we do the incubator with the three-step program, with the focus on your pipeline and with the focus on the exit. Um, and I think this is the first step that is really rooted and anchored into your organization. The next thing is that you need to bring the team together. So what we do is that every two weeks, we bring the team together here in Odense, and we accept that there will be travel time. Now, if we look at the campus, which is in the south of uh, the region in what is called Sunnabow, there will be an approximately one and a half, two hour drive to get from there to Odense. We need to accept that. But the lucky and the good thing is that our business developer in Cernobor really takes pleasure in participating in these joint meetings because it gives him what is focused on the incubator, but also delivers from the rest of the team a lot of information and he can exchange information at the same time. So we do this and then the teams we have here, so incubation and enterprising and after the joint meeting, they go out into what we call track meetings and discuss relevant issues that is needed to be discussed within each track. So that would mean the incubation, the business developer go into to a session afterwards, which can be two or three hours where they discuss all relevant issues that they need to solve as a group. So I think you need the program, you need the format, and then you need to accept that there will be time spent also in moving people. And we discussed that in a meeting earlier today, that, that the whole Corona thing and stuff made us very sharp and great at doing things in a much more effective way. But what we, to some extent, have left is the chance to be in the same room. And I think you can never neglect the importance of that, even though you can do a lot now. We're doing it now. We're doing everything online. But the stuff where you sit in the same room and, and, and you feel the vibes when, when things are being discussed, and that is still important. You create the bonding and the network. There is also something developed in, in the same room. Something I wanted to clarify was, do you deliver all three programs across all the campuses separately, or do you have one common program or a bit of a mixture of the two? At the moment, we try to execute our efforts according to this setup with the three-step program. Now, if we look at the five campuses, 
We have a campus in Slales where we have a small couple of rooms for that is specified for the use of the incubator, but it's not a, a huge setup. It's very small. So we have business developer who will visit this campus and support the students there. There are very few in volume compared to Odense, but still it's an offer. When we go to Colling, we also have the same. It's a more fluently progression there, but we also have a makerspace in Colling. We do it in Sønderborg. We also have the incubator present, but also with the fluent way. So it, it basically, it depends a bit on the volume. And Odense, we have all faculties present and we have volume. So that is why we can take the operational format to the full extent here. But it's in the mindset of every business developer that this is the progression model we work with. Mm-hmm. Reflecting on other entrepreneurship programs, what I've really found compelling about the program that you presented and the way you're approaching it is just the connected pathways that you're creating into employment or into your own company. And either way, you're coming out with a set of entrepreneurial type mindset or skills. If you had to compare with a lot of other programs that you've seen, which are more focused on just student startups, what would you say is like by starting with a vision for employability, as opposed to having a, a metric around startups, how do you think that creates a different type of experience for students and also a different result for the university. First of all, if we look at the university, I think the vision focused on employability has a stronghold there because we have an obligation to the faculties and we have an obligation divided across all faculties and across all students within the faculty. So I think it's an interesting approach because many startups or incubators basically focus on the creation of unicorns. That's great. We have that as well. We would like to create these unicorns. And we are so proud when we succeed with startups who prove themselves valuable and will be sustainable businesses in the future. Now, in 2022, we had a great year. We produced the national winner of the national competition for university startups. And this startup went on to the world championships of early stage startups and won in the social category. We celebrate these startups. We are so happy when they succeed. I would never say anything different. But the thing is that we feel this obligation to the large group of young entrepreneurs, students who who do not succeed, because it would be such a shame to spend so much time and efforts in supporting them and trying to equip them with the entrepreneurial mindset and then simply just leaving them because they did not succeed after maybe having to pivot once, twice or three times even. So we feel this obligation. And one of my colleagues in Colling, he brought forward this concept because we were discussing what do we do with the rest of the young people who do not succeed? How do we make them winners so we can tell the story that SDU Startup Station is a win situation? We need to take care of them. And he brought forward this image saying, now what we do when we celebrate the winners, the sustainable startups, the, the competition winners, the awarded ones, we are basically peacocking. This is the front side. It's so beautiful. But... There's also a backside or a flip side to the peacock. It's not as beautiful, but when you look at the feathers, you can see the strength in the entire foundation of the bird. And that is what we provide all the young entrepreneurs who might not succeed, but they have still gained these skills and abilities. So what we try to do now is we're trying to to set up the format where we make sure that they reflect on what they learned even though they didn't succeed, because in not succeeding, there's also a learning. And I've seen that on close hand from former employees in the company I was working with, that one of them, he was exactly the example of someone with a startup who didn't succeed. And he was one of the best business developers because he was able to spot risk long before many others were, because he knew exactly where to have focus. So I think 
it provides something that affects the student, the young entrepreneurs. But we know when they enter, no matter what you end up doing here, you will succeed because you will gain valuable skills that will help you maintain your value when you leave, no matter if it's with a sustainable startup celebrated with prizes or you had to leave without and go in as entrepreneur into a company where you'll be able to kick in and participate in future business development of this company. It's a fantastic analogy, the peacocking analogy. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> really, Credits uh, to Fleming. In the mind. Oh, we've got a yep. question from Boris Seth Akomi. With the goal of vision on employability, how do you measure the impact of that vision? So if you're not counting startups, then what other metrics to use? We do count startups and it's a mix. It has to be. And I know that there are also stakeholders keeping an eye on what is the volume we bring through the startup station. So basically, I know that if we look at 2022, we had approximately 250 startups active in SDU startup station. And we also know that there were approximately 430 university students involved in these startups. So we do this measurement and we also measure how many competition and prizes we win in different categories. That's the peacocking part. Yeah, that's yeah. the peacock. The hard thing is to track the effect on what you would call the entrepreneurs or those who do not succeed. But we are at the moment trying to see if we can connect different databases in order to see if we can establish a kind of tracking on if they were in touch with SDU Startup Station, how did they do at a later time? But this is very difficult, at least due to the fact that we have a high degree of data security, data protection also within the entire legislation in Denmark. So we cannot just as easy as that follow a student from here into what they did afterwards and see and follow the tracking. But we are working on that and trying to see if we can establish some kind of tracking. We do it on an overall university level in Denmark across the university, but this is mostly focusing on the results coming out of the startups who came out of university in terms of how long did they last? How much revenue did they do? And the interesting part of that is that when you look at the startups coming out of the universities, they will be a bit slower in the intro phase of generating revenue. They'll also be a bit slower in the interface when it comes to the amount of hired employees, but they cross the line and come out at a higher level in the end for, in most cases. And you can argue, how is that? And why is that? But it could be that they're in an incubator. They are focusing a bit more on their product and on what their passion in the intro phase where they do not have to focus as much on bringing the product into the market. But that might just also develop the product to a higher level that will prove worthy at a later stage. But this is just something from national surveys. Okay, I've got one for the question, then I've got two questions from the participants. One was, how do you attract students into the program? Because... I believe that they're not curricular bound, it's are extracurricular. So yeah, what is it extra. you're doing that is bringing the students into these programs and, and how are you measuring that success? How are you seeing that result? One of the important things is to focus on your pipeline, and this is exactly what this is about. So there, we have our pipeline described in a document, and there are different ways to generate pipeline into the incubator. Now, first of all, we are doing extracurricular activities in the incubator. But there's a way to also communicate what we do with bringing it into the curriculum. So we have programs where you can do startup as part of the education program. You can go in an internship in your own startup. And of course, this generates some kind of talk about, oh, there's something with startups, there's an incubation stuff. We also do basically guerrilla marketing. So 
some days we have two or three business developers going into the main campus hallways with a table, with a piece of chocolate and stuff and approaching students saying, listen, while you eat this piece of chocolate, you'll have to listen to me and I'll tell you an interesting story which will be valuable to you for your future. And this has proven very effectful, even though you say, what can that bring? You don't need 100 coming in, but if you talk to 300 and, and maybe five, 10 of them, just through these couple of hours activity enters the incubator, you're doing very good. We're also doing something in terms of uh, talent programs. We have a talent program at the uh, University of Southern Denmark. Right now it's called Below Zero because it focuses on carbon to decline how much carbon you, you produce. So this is, uh, or carbon capture. This is a program that runs also extracurricular, but of course the marketing around the program, everything there also communicates that there is an incubator because they are attached to this. And for the first time ever, we've seen two interesting things about the, the talent program that I would like to highlight here. Now, first of all, female entrepreneurs. That is something that is on the lips in most uh, countries right now. How can we increase the amount of female entrepreneurs? One thing is that we have in the incubator a split of 25-75 in male favor. And that is how it is in most places. If you want to change that, you have to work with culture. You have to start at kindergarten, basically. This will take time. Now, surveys have shown that if you do something with programs within entrepreneurship that has a higher goal, you could say, or aim, objective, that does something good for someone or something, it has a chance to attract more female entrepreneurs. So we did Below Zero with this title. And for the first time ever, we flipped the gender ratio from what we knew around 25, 75 in male favor to 60, 40 in female favor. So for all Fantastic. of you out there, there's still hope. You can do it and result. you can change things at a faster pace. Yeah. Now, th this is some of the things we do, Todd, but student engagement is a hard uh, thing to, to handle because Corona didn't make it easier. And you really have to communicate what you're doing out there because otherwise, well, they won't show up. Some colleagues of ours from Finland actually created a donut stand and basically went around to the different faculties and, and yeah. basically offered donuts as an attractor. So I could see that there's a commonality in some of these methods. Um, there's a couple of questions. One from Jackie who wanted to know, what do you include in your entrepreneurial mindset at early stage program? I mentioned a couple of things there, but we include introduction to lean startup, not business model canvas, but lean startup focus on how do you approach your startup. Also, the boring stuff about budgeting. What does it take to make sure that your business will stay in business? Because you have a lot of passion here. And we have great startups and, and great ideas, a lot of passion. But you need to know and you need to acknowledge from the beginning that it will take something in terms of sales, product development in order to stay in business. We also work with resilience. We work with what does it take to work with a startup? Because it might look just as a walk in the park, but you will experience times of trouble and where it will be so hard and you could be tempted to just leave it. We work with pitch training as well, but this is also because pitch training is something that we know can be implemented across other disciplines. So a great person within pitch will also probably be able to provide a great presentation at his final exam or whatever. So these are some of the things we try to include in, in the early start. And they do pitch in front of their startup colleagues or fellow students and also in front of business developers. Cabo has a question around developing the personal qualities of the entrepreneur. How do you actually support learners through that process? 
to develop their personal skills? Yeah, their personal qualities such as emotional intelligence, social intelligence, things like that. Yeah, that's a bit of a tricky question because I think I discussed something related to this with one of the business developers when we discussed strategy because let's just face it, I've been at the university a couple of times before, but I come from the industry outside. I have a DNA that makes me focus on volume, results and stuff. So we can line up all these things, but there's right on the other side of the fence, something that has been so important for what I would define as the success of this incubator. And that is the close contact between the startups and the business developers, the in-house entrepreneurs, but also between startup to startup. You could say the kind of peer guidance that they experience. And I think this forms something that develops their personal skills. So you have the focus on what is strictly business development, but you have an environment where we also try to push them to take responsibility for social activities, both with the professional theme And then maybe afterwards with something that is more like a cafe or a small kind of party get together that we also try to facilitate. So I think one of the most important things that develops them and their social skills and their own personal skills is basically the close contact and community we have between startups and the business developers. I would say these are just some of the components that adds to the skills of the student startup. I wanted to just reflect on where you think this is going in the future of, um, of startup and incubation programs at university, maybe even thinking more broadly about entrepreneurship education at university. Where do you think we're heading? Universities across the world are all at different stages, of course, but at the, what do you see as some of the, the major trends or or, or based on your program, what would be the next steps? First of all, I see different ways to go. I think starting with our incubator, we're in an ecosystem that has proven extremely valuable for the the community around here in the region. Now, Odense, where I'm located, is very strong within robotics and also drones. So we're among the, I think, six, seven strongest clusters within the world when it comes to what is called collaborative robotics. And this creates focus from municipality, from national government, from national and international investors on everything that is going on within business development and new businesses coming out of this ecosystem. I think incubation will play an important role in the future because society has acknowledged that they need to to develop and they constantly need to be on the move for developing new business areas or new business verticals. And I think The incubators within the university have an excellent position to contribute into this development because what we do is we bring out uh, startups here and some of them will turn out to be successful companies creating jobs, creating taxpayers, creating welfare, and then you have the wheel going around. And on the other side, the people who do not succeed or do not end up with their own sustainable business as startups they will be so valuable as entrepreneurs within these businesses in the ecosystem who are really looking for competent potential employees. And and there are not many of them. So I think if you do well and you get anchored, now get anchored within the strategy of your institution. We just had our new strategy at SDU and it mentions the entrepreneurship business here at SDU and the importance of it. So be anchored in your own strategy, be anchored in your ecosystem, make sure that you know exactly what is your part contributing to the ecosystem and the development of it, because this will give you the local and the national attention that you need in order to gain and attract attention and also get the resources you need 
to do development within it. So I think incubators at university, to put it short, they can be part of the future for creating growth, wealth, and welfare, for sure. I think that's a great point on which to finish. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Todd, and thank you for having me today. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. Follow UIIN on LinkedIn. And if you're enjoying our podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review in your podcast platform of choice to help other people find this content too.